Hello, and welcome to the Girl Fuel Podcast. My name is Haley. I'm a registered dietitian and nutrition coach here to help you along your health and fitness journey by providing evidence and knowledge-based experience and full transparency. I am super excited to dive into today's episode because I have a very special guest, my good friend and another coach, Nicole Ferrier. Nicole, do you want to introduce yourself and just tell us some random things about you? Sure. So my name is Nicole Ferrier. I've been coaching um, full-time since 2018, but really started coaching in 2016. And I also have a podcast called Beyond the Bikini, um, where I host a lot of just different like coaches, competitors. um, But I also am on Instagram, TikTok, and I share a lot about you know, having a healthy relationship with food, fat loss, body recomp. I work with Wolf Lifestyle and competition-based clients. And I'm just really passionate about fitness. You know, I got involved in fitness at a really young age. I started making like little workout tutorials when I was 15 on YouTube when I had no idea (laughs) what I was doing. And um, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. So I appreciate you having, having me on today. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, we could have planned it and sat right next to each other, being that we hang out here in Florida. Um, But it's nice to see you even on Zoom. So today we are going to dive into how to set achievable, you know, New Year's resolution or just achievable body comp fat loss goals as we enter the new year. Because I feel like I don't know if you've started hearing things, but now that it's right around Christmas and it'll be right before Christmas or after Christmas when this comes out, everybody is starting to talk about what they're going to do in the new year. I've had clients bring stories to me about their friends trying to hop on these, you know, detox diets or even weight loss medications. So I would love your opinion on what is a realistic expectation when thinking time frame to, you know, start a weight loss journey. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. So if you want to start losing weight, you have to be realistic before you're starting from. So if you're someone that has already been sporadically dieting throughout the year and you're not eating a whole lot of calories, like you're the person that says like, oh, if I eat, like look at a cookie, I'm going to gain weight. Like you're probably not the person that's going to be ready for a deficit. I do think, although it can be kind of like a funny time of year with like the new year and setting goals, like that's actually a good time to lose weight for a lot of my clients because they haven't been in a fat loss phase during like the holidays. So you want to make sure that you're feeling really refreshed and you have something to cut from because there's no point in jumping into a deficit if you're not at a good caloric level, or if you have like no idea how to track anything. Like if you've never tracked macros before and you're just trying to get into a deficit, that can be really overwhelming. So instead of thinking like, I'm going to start in 2024, you can even start like now a week or two, just like tracking what you're currently eating. And that can give you a lot of insight of where those starting calories are at. Definitely. I like that. Essentially just building a base, right? Because like Nicole mentioned, if you're someone that feels like you're always trying to lose weight, you're always dieting to some degree, your metabolism is probably going to be a lot slower. And I don't Mm -hmm. like to talk about metabolism because it sounds buzzy, but realistically, the body adapts. So if you're eating, you know, 1200 calories, for the most part day to day, that is where your metabolism is going to hang out when in reality, and I think this is where a lot of women, you know, there's a disconnect, you can probably eat like 2000 calories, like a lot of women Mm -hmm. can maintain their weight, 
on a lot more calories than they'd expect. You're an awesome example for that because I know that you need to eat a good amount to maintain too. Yeah, I eat like a lot of food, like 2,700 calories a day. And I don't really do much cardio. And, you know, not I'm not saying that that's where you're going to be able to get to, but I think a lot of women limit themselves on where they can eat calorically, but like they'll stop at like 1,700 calories or 2,000 calories. And we need to realize that if you're an active female and if you have muscle on your frame, you'll probably be able to eat a lot more than what you think. Like you don't need to just stop at like 200 grams of carbs or when you get a little uncomfortable because let's be real when we're starting a deficit at minimum to 250 to like 500 calories is going to need to be slashed right off the bat just to get the ball rolling. So if you're at 1500 calories a day, like where are we going to go from there? For sure. And that's where I like how you gave an actionable step of like start now, because at least what you can do now is build awareness, right? Build awareness of how much you are consuming. So that way you can kind of get an idea of, am I even eating enough right now to have room to make a deficit? Or do I need to spend time a couple weeks, a couple months building my caloric intake up? And that basically is like building your metabolic gas tank, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about reverse dieting a lot in the industry. And I think, you know, most of our listeners probably know what that term means. But for those that don't, that's basically the opposite of dieting. So instead of taking your calories down and your cardio up, we are doing the opposite of that. We are bringing calories up and cardio down. And I don't know about you, Nicole, but I think that that is, you know, what most people miss. They are either fully dieting, gung-ho, low calorie, low carb, low fat foods, whatever, or they are eating at libidum normally, which is a high calorie intake. There's no in-between mm-hmm. and a step-by-step approach. And that's why yo-yo happens with your weight. Yeah, this is why a lot of people struggle with even the concept of maintenance, because they don't know how to do that. They're either on one extreme side of the spectrum, and then they feel like maintenance feels boring, or their nutrition feels boring. And it's kind of funny, because it's like that toxic relationship where it's like, you want the butterflies, you want the anxiety, but like, that's actually not normal. And you're not supposed to feel like that. You're supposed to feel pretty like, at home and comfortable. And a lot of people like haven't felt at home or comfortable in their body. So they're just constantly chasing, you know, being in a deficit, burning out and then over consuming. And on a side note, I also wanted to point out that you can mentally being be in a deficit. So the the thought of eating 1700 calories a day is still as powerful as eating, you know, in a deficit, you could say, because that mental restriction can still impact your habits. And it can also impact, um, you know, how you see food, it can impact your training, we all know the person that's like, Oh, I'm on a diet, and they're they're like, not lifting as heavy. So you gotta like, take that into account, too, when you're thinking about a good starting point. Definitely, I like how you brought up, you know, the mental deficit, I've never like called it that, per se, but will now. So that's awesome. But it also leads to faster burnout, right? So if you're one of those people that, you know, you're always feeling like, oh, well, I guess I'm trying to lose weight, but then the holidays come and you eat normally and you go crazy and X, Y, Z, but you're in the back of your mind still trying to lose weight. That is so unbelievably stressful. So that's Mm -hmm. where I want to hear how you prime your clients. A lot of my girls, just like Nicole mentioned with her clients, we are priming right now to start a deficit in January. And basically what that looks like for us is taking, you know, 
probably longer than this, but for a lot of my girls, the whole fall, September, October, November, December, to be at maintenance and to understand what it feels like to fuel your body without being hungry, without having crazy cravings all the time and how to navigate just your overall like day to day without being hyper-focused on food. Because I don't know how, I'm curious how you feel on this. I feel like it's very, very hard to build a healthy relationship with food in a calorie deficit. I feel like that is often done Mm -hmm. in a reverse, in maintenance or with very, very close communication with a coach, one of us during a deficit. Yeah, it's hard to improve your relationship with food in a deficit because you can't listen to your hunger and satiety signals in a way you actually have to ignore them in a way because when you're hungry in a deficit and you're trying to lose body fat, like you shouldn't always eat. And a lot of people get freaked out and they're like, oh my gosh, that's like disordered. It's not, it's like a normal response that the body's going to give you. It would be like not wanting your heart rate to elevate when you start running. Like you can't control that. That's going to happen. And I think a lot of people get a little bit nervous about that. But when you're trying to work on your relationship with food, if you struggle with like binge eating, for example, a big trigger for that can be restriction. Um, It could also be limiting food groups, which can happen to anyone in a deficit due to dietary behaviors. And then if you're um, finding that there's like a social impact too, that can be huge for a lot of people in terms of their relationship where they're not going out to eat or they have to track all the time or they're tracking on holidays and they're like almost always on that they never learn how to turn that off and live in like the gray zone. So for that person, I mean, you have to be removed from that. Like you can't be binging and still wanting to go in a cut. You can't be scared of tons of foods and wanting to go into a cut because you're really going to set yourself up for a bad experience. And this is why I think so many people are like anti-diet and hate dieting because they didn't do the prereqs before. Like everybody thinks that they have the right to go into a fat loss phase when in reality you don't, and you have to earn the right to be in one. And that shouldn't be a permanent state. It should be like a vacation that you take and then like you're done and you come back and you live your life. Definitely living at maintenance, vacationing in fat loss. And that's like, Mm -hmm how we can think about months out of the year too. You know, you should spend significantly more months out of the year at a maintenance intake, or even, you know, if you're not someone that tracks or wants to track all the time, this is also an important time to work on your intuitive eating skills when you're at that maintenance, when you're at home versus vacation. Because again, with hunger signals being a little bit wackier in a deficit, and even just if you're someone that's been dieting for a long time, your hunger hormones are going to be a little messy at first. So as you're approaching a reverse diet and getting calories up, it will be a little bit more important to, you know, stay on top of what you're eating. But then once you get to a point where, you know, hunger signals are pretty normal, and Nicole, I'm curious, you know, how do you define normal hunger signals when you talk to your clients? So normal hunger signals look like having hunger in the morning as my voice cracked because I need water. I've been talking all day, but (laughs) having, having a meal in the morning, not just coffee, not just, you know, half a banana, like actually having like a meal in the morning is, it, it needs to be normalized. I think so many people are fasting because they say that they're too busy and that alone will mess up your hunger signals a lot. Um, because the more that you fast, like you see people close like their fasting windows and they're like eating like 
four hours out of the day. So you have to be eating regular meals and you should be getting hungry around those meals every like three to four hours, I would say maybe five, just depending on how large your meal was. And then you should also not be thinking about your next meal. Like your food thoughts should be pretty minimal. Like you should start thinking about eating within that three to four hours. Like, Oh, I could go for something, but it shouldn't be you finish a meal and you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't wait for my next meal. Like I'm so hungry. Like that's not normal. Um, and then I would also say, honestly, pretty limited cravings because if you're having a diet that is full of nutrient dense foods, enough calories, enough balance, then you're not going to be having these like extreme cravings. Yeah. And that's where too, you know, fitting things in that you do crave and following like what Nicole mentioned, having a balanced diet, having a balanced diet, in my opinion, it doesn't just mean balancing your plate with carbs, protein, and fat. It means fitting mm-hmm. in more of those like fun foods, right? So whether it's that you like sweets and you like to fit in chocolates or a little peanut butter cup or ice cream, or you like savory foods, chips are an, often yeah. something that's demonized or French fries, which are like my favorite food in the whole freaking world. Um, but that's where, you know, building that mental resilience and that flexibility in your ability to stay in control around different foods that maybe are a little bit more, you know, crave worthy for you. That is really built when you're eating enough food. And I feel like a lot of people will also be like, well, I'm never hungry. I don't feel hungry at all. That right there, my friend is a very, very big red flag for your body just being really stressed. Right. And that's where I find a lot of clients that are in that state where they're eating really low calorie because they're not hungry because of a gut issue xyz and their body's just so fight or flight we start adding food in during the reverse and they notice hunger again and we celebrate that because hunger is a very 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 healthy thing um and nicole i guess this is a good question to ask now what would you you know suggest if somebody is really itching to go into fat loss but after you know hearing what we talked about they're like shit I am probably in the boat that is already under eating or just everywhere. And I need to take time to eat more. What are some, you know, mindset shifts or little steps that they can take to start? Mm -hmm. So you got to work on eliminating any sort of timelines. I think for a lot of people, they like to prepare for certain events or they have this like habitual dieting of like getting ready for spring and summer. You're going to have to kind of remove that off of the table And I start to envision like a staircase and recognizing you have to like walk up this staircase. So a lot of you guys are like on those first few stairs, you're on the lower level where to talk about like the spectrum and the staircase model, the lower part of the stairs is really low calories and high cardio. And then the high end is high calories, low cardio. So it's flip-flopped basically. But when you're low, if you were to diet, you're just going to dig a hole, right? You can't go into the ground. You can, it's not going to be fun. So what we got to think about is walking up the staircase. Now these stairs aren't like a 14 step staircase, right? This is like 30 steps. And those 30 steps are like basically weeks. Now I'm not saying everybody needs to take that much time, but you have to look at every single week as a step that you're taking up. And that's going to take a lot of time and you need to recognize that you can't just drop down whenever you get a little uncomfortable. 
So that's another thing too, is like take expectations off of your body. If you're having to reverse diet, you can't be expecting to get leaner. Like reverse diet isn't keto. It's not, you know, some sort of like play on words for it to be another like crazy fat loss diet. No reverse diet is literally what Haley said, the opposite of dieting. So you can't be expecting all this muscle to get packed on your body and all, even all this body fat to be packed on your body, because reality is, is these physical changes take time. So you gotta be patient. You gotta not be so hard on yourself. You have to be open and to be coachable and, um, recognize like there's really no way to work around this. I think people try to like weasel their way around, not reverse dieting, thinking, well, maybe if I just diet harder, or maybe if I just do more cardio, or maybe if I just go gluten and dairy free, or maybe, you know, it's all the maybes and everybody thinks that they're the exception. This is something that I posted about today is you're not the exception. Like you're the rule. You, you got to follow the rules. And the rules are is metabolic adaptation happens to anyone. It's a normal, healthy response. And the only way out of it is through going up. And I feel like people also don't realize the only way to actually look the way you want to look. And I feel like, I don't know if your clients say this. I hear a lot of women say, you know, I want to look like I lift. I want to look fit. I want to look lean because it's a lot of us, you know, you go through, you train for so many years You go to the gym, you're super consistent, you hit your water, you do all these things, you get your steps in, but you don't notice any change or you don't look the way that you want to look yet. And that Mm -hmm. is probably because you haven't taken the steps up the staircase with the reverse diet. And I know Mm -hmm. you might be thinking, well, I don't eat that low calorie. You know, I'm not really in a deficit. You likely still need to reverse diet, right? I find a lot of people hang in that gray space intuitively too. A lot of people, you know, they don't track and they're just kind of eating at libidum. And we, as women naturally probably don't eat as much as we need to, especially if we are active. So that's where, even if you're not eating like bottomed out a thousand, 1,200 calories, like people will often talk about online, that doesn't mean you don't need to reverse diet, especially if you are very active. I think reverse dieting is something everybody needs to do at one point, just to discover what their metabolic gas tank is really capable of. And that's also where body pump changes the most when you give it enough to grow muscle. Because if you don't do that, if you don't grow any muscle, you're never going to like how you look when you're dieting. Yeah. I mean, I think think some women get confused because they swipe and they hear influencers or coaches say like, you can gain muscle and be in a calorie deficit. And Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're a complete newbie lifter, where you can get that extreme brand new stimulus, or if you're like on enhancements like PEDs, you're really not going to be able to gain muscle. And even if you were on PEDs, you would still want the nutrition portion in check. So don't, it's almost like you're going to look for what you want to hear, even though you still have that fear in the way. So like, again, stop trying to weasel your way around things. Like you have to embrace this. If you're scared, which you probably are, you just have to lean into it. There's so many times where I was scared after a diet to, you know, increase my calories and gain weight. But reality is, is your body is really smart and it's going to find a point where it feels comfortable. Your body's not going to let you get a hundred pounds overweight or anything. Like I think so many people think their body is against them and reality is, is it will have that sweet spot. And even for myself, like if I weren't to 
step out my step outside my comfort zone, I would probably be eating like 2000 calories a day. And I'm five, six, I'm active, like that's just not enough calories. Yeah. And I like what you talked about, about the body fat set point. And especially if you're active, you know, adding being sedentary onto things is a little bit different, but especially if you're active, your body will not let you get to the point where, you know, you're gaining 20 pounds. And I feel like I can really relate to those that do stress about that because I used to be a good amount heavier. My family is all very overweight and that's what I see. And I'm like, okay, you know, if I don't do these things, I'm going to end up that way. But that's not true at all, mm-hmm. right? And I can share a personal experience over the last six months that I have stopped tracking my macros pretty much completely and just let my body do what it needed to do. I've stepped back from training a little bit as well. And this was a lot of to get healthy as well as I'm just building a damn business. So tracking macros after all these years, it's not a priority anymore. And while when you're intuitively eating, and this is a side tangent, you're not going to eat the same amount of calories every day. You're not. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. That's not the point. But what I'm getting at here is your body will maintain. My body has maintained within the same two pounds because everyone has a little range for their maintenance over the last year, whether I was tracking my macros or not, whether I was eating, you know, in a little bit of a surplus or eating at maintenance, whether I was moving more or less, as long as you're taking care of your body and doing the basics, getting enough sleep, getting enough water, eating, you know, a whole food diet where you're getting fiber, you're getting nutrients in there, your body's going to be able to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that should be the goal. The goal shouldn't be to have these like big yo-yos and weight or to feel like it's just such a struggle to maintain your weight. Like I used to quote, maintain my weight 20 pounds less, but I'll tell you it was a full-time job. It was really difficult. It was a lot of no flexibility and no days off and so much stress and anxiety. And it's like, okay, well, what if you just let yourself even gain a little bit, like three, five pounds. And for a lot of lifestyle clients, like that's literally probably what you'll gain is like three to five pounds, which won't make a difference. Like for anyone that's like, oh, none of my clothes fit, like everything's uncomfortable. Like it's all in your head. Like I hate to sound a little cold, but like your clothes are going to fit you. My clothes fit me gaining 15, 20 pounds still. So you're probably just saying I feel fat, which is one, not a feeling in itself, but you're letting that project on how other things fit. And I think anybody can overanalyze the situation. Like everybody's looked at a picture too long and they pick themselves apart and then they hate the picture. Right. So it's like, you got to just look at yourself from a objective standpoint. And a lot of people can't, and this is where having like another set of eyes can help. And this is where it's too, I encourage you to do an audit of your social media because comparing yourself to people that are leaner than you or further along in their fitness journey or what have you, that is never going to help. And odds are kind of like Nicole said, if they are maintaining pretty lean and for a female, I think when I say lean, I'm thinking like you can see ab lines, which is not usually attainable for anybody at a maintenance lifestyle. Would you agree yeah, with that? Yeah, unless it's genetics. I mean, not to, genetics. Like, not to toot my own horn. I have some ab definition year round, but I don't even know how. So like, I think it's just genetics, but I got, muscle. I got cellulite on my butt. I got stretch marks. Like I gained weight in my lower half. I gained in my tricep. So, you know, everybody's going to have a body part, right? Like the girl with the big bubbly butt and the girl with the big shoulders and the big back and the, the shredded abs. Everybody's got their genetic um, highlights and what do most coaches influencers do 
I'm going to market this, you know, like this is, this is it. This is my big butt. This is it. Like I'm going to use that for marketing. And so then you think, Oh, why can my butt look like that? But it's like, your butt will never look like that person. And that's okay. <laughs> if you wanted to get closer, you got to eat more food and lift some heavy stuff. But it's also, you know, you see these girls that are staying very lean and just, you know what, you guys are going to all take your own perception of what we mean by lean at this point. I'm thinking like a competitor that is eight weeks out ordeal. Yeah. If, if you can relate to that at all or resonate with that at all. And like Nicole mentioned, usually maintaining that level of leanness or that level of conditioning, we can call it, is a part-time job. You know, they're mm -hmm. doing a lot more than a maintainable lifestyle is for a lot of people. So that's where I think we need to check our expectations of what we want to look like as well. Because I always thought that I'd maintain 10 pounds lighter than I was right now. And that's where I would be happiest. That's where I would feel my best. And it wasn't true at all. Like Nicole mm -hmm. mentioned, being heavier too, being 10 pounds heavier allows me so much more freedom in my diet because my body can maintain here easier. I'm curvier. I've had clients be like, I feel more feminine with that extra two to five pounds. I feel more, mm -hmm. you know, like I have glutes, like I have boobs and it's not always, you know, healthy to be as lean as we want to be. Yeah. I mean, you gotta be honest with yourself too, on like what's important. And, you know, for me, I could be 10 pounds less, but I like eating the amount that I'm eating. I like how I feel. I like a lot of these aspects and sure I could be lighter, but for what, you know, nobody notices either. Like you could gain that five, 10 pounds. No one's going to notice only you will. And I think a lot of women put so much pressure on themselves thinking like everybody notices when literally no one will. So it, it depends how you carry yourself too. Like you can't be gaining this weight and be acting like Eeyore and having your shoulders down, your head down and hiding. And of course you're going to feel like crap because you're treating yourself different. Like, you know, even just how I dress in the gym, I still wear sports bras and shorts. I still wear the swimsuits I normally would wear. And, you know, granted someone would be like, Oh, but your body goals or whatever, like to each their own, you know, when you've seen your body leaner, your your uh, vision of fit and lean looks different. So I'm sure we've all been through a period where we've been lighter and that's our quote standard of fitness, but you got to learn how to be comfortable, like regardless of where you're at, like on the scale or with your body fat percentage. Definitely. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you do feel like you have fat to lose, because we're not saying it's wrong to want to lose weight. It is not wrong at no. all to want to lose 5, 10, 20, whatever your weight loss goal is. But it is just so important that you take the right steps to do it in a healthy way. And it is possible, like Nicole said, it's possible to diet and not ruin your relationship with food. You hear that beeping? That's my laundry timer. <laughs> I was like, oh, laundry's done. But anyway, <laughs> um, you it's possible to go through a fat loss phase, a successful one, lose weight, you know, feel great and come out of it without feeling afraid to go out to eat with your friends, without feeling like you need to do hours of cardio for the rest of your life to maintain it and without living in fear. Because I know that when I was able to achieve a leaner body composition on my own before I hired a coach forever ago, I was petrified to do anything to ruin that. And like mm -hmm. we kind of alluded to earlier, that le led to a lot of thoughts of restriction, a lot of self-isolation, binge eating, all of these different things. So if you're there now, just know that there is an easier way. Yeah, I don't have any issue with someone wanting to lose 
body fat. I help my clients all the time with losing body fat, not an issue, but you have to just be in a good spot. You have to be patient. Like fat loss is slow. It's going to look around like a half a pound, maybe a pound and a half. If you're lucky per week, you might have weeks where you don't lose body fat because you know, you get sick or you had your cycle or whatever it might be. So you got to be patient with that process, but you still got to have like an end date and recognize too, if you have a substantial amount of body fat that you want to lose, it might take several cycles of losing that body fat, reversing, maintaining, losing another round of body fat, reversing, maintaining, and rinse and repeat until you get to that body that you want. And this is for my ladies who are maybe, you know, 50 plus pounds overweight. Like it's going to take time to get where you want to go. But I think everybody feels this like need to get it all done in one, one fat loss phase. And That'd be wonderful, but it really doesn't happen for, I would say like 95% of people. Taking the time to allow your body to change as it will, so to speak, right? There will be times where you're a little bit more responsive to fat loss. Maybe life stress is lower. Maybe you're sleeping better, you know, maybe X, Y, Z. And that's where great that's happening. But you also have to understand the push and pull, right? There are going to be times where you need to bump your calories back up. I have a client right now where we've been dieting for a couple months and we will do periodic diet breaks for a week or two because she travels a lot. So it's like, hey, let's bump you right below maintenance, right around a lower end of the maintenance range for these for these XYZ five to seven days for your trip and then dive back in. And for her, that's a way for her to not feel so food focused and restrictive. She's still paying attention to her nutrition. She's still doing her best while she's traveling, but it isn't as stressful. There are a lot of strategies to employ in order to stay healthy while you lose weight, because that's another concern, especially for us ladies, our bodies get stressed out really easily, unfortunately, and dieting is stress, low calories are stress, mm -hmm. high cardio is stress on top of all the things we all have to deal with in our day to day life. So by taking more breaks, and or going in with a periodized plan where you do build off your metabolism first, is that is essential for maintaining hormone health for pooping regularly having healthy gut health, etc. Yeah. And, you know, if you're going into the new year and you haven't ever recalled maybe a new year where you weren't doing this whole like, oh, I need to lose body fat. This might be a great time to like change the narrative for yourself and just start a different journey because maybe you don't diet in January, but guess what? Nothing's changing. You can diet in February, March, April, May. There's nothing special about January. The only thing that is special is your mindset. And if you want to make a change, you shouldn't just be extrinsically motivated by a date. You should be intrinsically motivated by a strong purpose and why. I think this is why a lot of people fail because their intentions are wrong. And so if you're wanting to lose body fat, it shouldn't just be this, I have to do it type of thing. It should be, what do you want from it? Do you want to be able to have more endurance? Do you want to be able to feel more comfortable in your skin? Do you want to be able to feel like yourself again? I get a lot of people who want to, they say that, that I don't recognize myself or maybe they're postpartum a couple of weeks after having a baby and they're like, I just don't recognize my body. I hear you. And I get that you want that, that version of yourself back. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but you have to have a strong purpose and why, or else things can easily fall apart. Or people are just like, I'm not motivated but I want to lose weight. Okay. Well, where are our actions? Cause your actions will tell you a lot about what's important to you. 
these actions too, they don't just drop off when you're not dieting. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot more people are realizing, but I talked to my clients a lot about, okay, this is your goal, but like, what kind of person do you want to be? You know, do you want to be the girl that takes care of herself? That feels like a badass because she lives heavy in the gym that feels confident in her body because she nourishes it, but she also has balance. So think about yourself as a whole. Fat loss is one part of it. Obviously, body composition is one part of it. But how do you want to feel day to day? You know, do you want to be able to have bomb sleep and have energy in the morning to go to work to play with your kids, whatever it is, you know, do you want to be the girl that feels motivated? And obviously, motivation is fleeting. It's more getting into the routines of doing things to go for regular Mm -hmm. walks and to not feel stressed about taking rest days. Think about that and dig deeper into that why behind the fat loss goal. And I think you might see that developing a lifestyle is going to be what's more important. And the first step of that lifestyle may not be fat loss. It may be finding your maintenance and becoming the best version of yourself there first. Yeah. And I've said this in some previous podcasts of mine, and that is maintenance is work. You know, it's just cruise control. Like no one would go in their car, put on cruise control and just be like, ah, I'm going to just watch a movie on my phone. Like, No, you're going to get in a car accident. You still have to have your hands on the wheel. You still have to be alert. There's still going to be temptations. There's still going to be things like weather changes or whatever might be. There's going to be things that might rattle you a little bit. Now, it's a little bit easier because your foot can relax. You don't have to push so hard. That's great. But you have to be alert. And this is a lifestyle. Like There's no off button. There's no end date to this. And nothing hurts my heart more than when someone might hire me. And I'm sure you've heard this before where they're like, well, after these 12 weeks are over, or after these six months are over, what do you mean after it's over? It's not over. Because if you're, th- if you're saying that, then you're already like that, that tells me a lot about your success after this. Yeah. Yeah. If you're only willing to do what it takes for XYZ months while you're with your coach, because I don't know you, I'm not saying my, I want my clients to work with me forever. I don't. That is not my goal. I want you to work with me for as long as you need to, to at least get a good enough amount of work done to get you closer to your goal, right? To get you closer, but also to help you understand what you need to do to maintain what you've done and stay, Mm -hmm. stay healthy. So that's where when I have clients that are like, oh my gosh, like after this, this three months, like I'm going to be done tracking my macros. I'm going to be done doing this, done doing that. I'm like, okay. Like, let's backtrack here a little bit and talk about, well, what are you actually going to do to maintain this? Because it's not nothing. Yeah. And this is like that whole statistic of like people lose weight every single year, but then they gain it back or gain it back plus more. Like it's because of all the things we talked about in today's podcast. Like you didn't set yourself up for success. You didn't have anything to cut from. You treated this like, how can I like biggest loser? How can I lose weight as fast as possible? You didn't do any sort of aftercare like there it's a lot harder than just calories in calories out. Like there's so many habits and lifestyle changes that you have to make in order to be successful with this. 100%. And I think that's a good way to wrap it up. So if you are listening to this and feeling like you're unsure where to start for the new year, both of our inboxes are open. If you do need help figuring that out, hopefully this gets your wheels turning and gets you thinking about, a sustainable approach instead of just a fast one. Um, Any closing notes from you, Nicole? 
Yeah. I mean, if you're wanting to lose body fat, just make sure that you're meeting the prereqs. And if that's not you, don't get discouraged. Don't feel like you missed your opportunity because the opportunity always exists. Like if you're here, you're alive, you're breathing. That's great. You have many opportunities and you know, you might as well set yourself up for a successful and fun fat loss phase because fat loss can be fun. It can be enjoyable. Will it be challenging? Of course, but it doesn't have to be this miserable process. And I think we should all strive to change the narrative of dieting. And this is why I'm very anti diet culture, but pro dieting, because I think that you can go about fat loss in a way that's going to enhance your life. For sure. And I feel like every phase has things that are fun. I love reverse dieting. I think it is so neat to see yeah. how you can slowly build your metabolism like that. Because again, like Nicole mentioned earlier, the goal of a reverse diet, it's not to gain weight. It's really just to maintain. Do some people gain a couple pounds? Yeah, for sure. One to you know five, give or take. Do some people lose weight during that time? Yeah, but it is just so cool to watch that transformation of your metabolism, of your energy rising, of your brain fog clearing, of you be able to feel stronger in the gym. And then same with maintenance. There are so many fun aspects of being in maintenance and being on cruise control. It definitely lets you live your life a little bit more. It definitely gives you a new respect for nourishing your body. So wherever you need to start this year, know that it can be fun. You know, it doesn't have to be, oh my God, I have to do this reverse diet. I can't wait to diet. I count down the weeks. I try to keep my clients from doing that. I'm like, yo, no, mm -hmm. we're not. That is not our conversation every week. You're not asking me when can we diet every week? Let's set other goals right now. Let's focus on getting strong. Let's focus on making more time for yourself or your friends or playing with more meals out and untracked meals, et cetera. So definitely don't feel discouraged if you listen to this and you're like, okay, well, I'm not dieting in the new year. If you do realize mm -hmm. that, good for fucking you. Good for you. That is amazing. <laughs> My podcast is already marked explicit. So I can say <laughs> fuck as many times as I want. <laughs> now I'm done. Yeah. So I mean, just go into the new year. And I hope that you all just take time to just pause and reevaluate the situation. And if you're in the all clear, like by all means, enjoy it. But you know, that's not the end goal. You're still going to have to go into another phase <laughs> when you're done. Yes. So get that game plan ready. Um, Nicole, how can everybody connect with you? Yeah, you can always DM me. I'm mostly on Instagram at Nicole Fairy Fitness. Again, my podcast is Beyond the Bikini Radio. You, you can find that mostly on Spotify and iTunes. I am on TikTok, but please don't message me on TikTok because I don't know how any of that works. And that's at Nicole Fairy Fitness. I couldn't figure out how to use TikTok either. I just post on there and hope for the best. Yeah, I I post pretty regularly. I just don't check the inboxes or anything like that. I don't either. It's confusing. There are so many different things that pop up. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to tell us how to use TikTok, I'm kidding. <laughs> kind of. Anyway, Nicole, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Um, I will put all of your information in the show notes. So if anybody has questions or wants to chat with either of us, that will be there. Um, and until next time, thanks for hanging out with us.